learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership, insight, and advice. Welcome to season three of She Leads Podcast, leadership empowerment for women of color. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, a mother, businesswoman, and leader. Our guest for today is Valerie J. Lewis Coleman. Valerie J. Lewis Coleman serves professional speakers and experts to magnify and monetize their message by publishing quality books. She co-founded Dayton Book Expo, the region's premier book event. Since its 2010 inception, the expo has hosted over 600 authors and thousands of book lovers. As a best-selling author and award-winning publisher, Valerie has helped thousands of aspiring authors navigate the mysterious labyrinth of self-publishing. With over 15 years of experience in the book business, this expert divulges industry secrets on avoiding the top five mistakes made by new authors, pricing your book to sell, and identifying dishonest publishers. Her dynamic presentation and knowledge of the business saves thousands of dollars, hours of research, and tons of frustration by making publishing quick, easy, and affordable. Valerie J. Lewis Coleman serves women who struggle to experience a fulfilling relationship by revealing the forbidden secrets of the goodie box to attract and keep lasting love. She helps women identify the four types of male hunters, avoid 70% of men who only want the goodie box, and win the heart of Mr. Right For You with proven techniques to help you get off the crazy cycle of relational demise. Become a man whisperer with advice from men that women are crazy to ignore. And you can find out more details about that at thegoodieboxbook.com. And you can also find more information about Valerie at pen, P-E-N, of thewriter.com, P-E-N-O-F-T-H-E-W-R-I-T-H-E-R.com. Without further ado, Leadership Empowerment with Valerie J. Lewis Coleman. Okay, so Valerie, I read your bio and I love your passion to ensure the world has quality books by assisting writers with their publishing needs. So kudos to you for that. Thank you. You're welcome. So Valerie, I'd like to thank you for taking time to be a guest on She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We appreciate you blessing us with your insight today. You are more than welcome. I appreciate the opportunity. Great. So now let's talk about leadership. So I myself feel that every person is a leader in one shape or form, whether they realize it or not. Would you agree, Valerie? Absolutely. We all have leadership qualities within us, you know, and it really, like you said, it really depends. I think leadership starts with leading ourselves. So we have to start there and then we are able then to influence others to do hopefully the right thing. Okay. Yes, I totally agree. And can you tell us when you realized you were a leader and what or who helped you to come to this realization? Oh, my gosh. Well, I think I've probably been a leader. Some people, I think, are natural born leaders. And I think that was kind of my story from early on as far as 
back as I can remember in prior to even kindergarten, I used to have my father take me up to the school so I could watch the kids transfer between class. We lived in Vegas and the school had outdoor hallways and common areas. And the classes, of course, were inside. But I would go, I would have him take me up on his motorcycle. So I'm four years old. I'm going to go on the motorcycle and I want to watch the kids go between class. Now, what kid at four years old, I was excited about school. You know, I love learning. And I think one quality or characteristic of a leader is the desire to learn and be in a continuous state of learning. And that's me. I'm still in, I'm still learning. I'm doing personal development because the better I am, then the better I can be for those people around me, whether family, friends, or clients. So yeah, my leadership started at a very young age. And, and then from then on, I was, you know, I'm the comedic leader, the one in the front when it came to group events, the one who wanted to coordinate things for other people. I always want to serve and help. So as far back as I can remember, at four years old, I had qualities and characteristics of a leader. Okay. Thanks for that. I love that. And I do totally agree with that, what you brought up as far as your desire to learn and to continually learn, because I do believe that all leaders are lifelong learners and understand the importance of continuing to learn throughout life. So thanks for that. Absolutely. Okay. So in my upcoming book, The Code of Leadership, The If-Then Process, I outline my experiences and lessons that have helped me to become a better leader with the intention of helping others do the same. Valerie, can you share what you would consider to be your code of leadership and why? Oh, okay. Well, for me, I think the most prevalent aspect of me as a leader is integrity. So I serve professional speakers and experts to magnify and monetize their message by publishing books through my company, Pen of the Writer. And for me, integrity is tantamount to doing my best work for my clients so that they can then be the best that they can be as authors, speakers, and experts in their field. And why I say integrity is because in this business, as with other businesses, I'm sure you're well aware, Nicole, there are people who are just out to take your money. They don't care about the service they provide. They don't care about the product they provide. All they want is your money. So I have worked with clients who had paid people and never got anything in return or paid people and got something that was so jacked up that they were too embarrassed or couldn't sell it. So for me, integrity is just a major aspect of leadership so that I want to be the first partaker of the fruit, so to speak. So I want to operate in integrity and I want to make sure that the clients I work with also operate integrity. So for me, integrity, I think probably stands out first and foremost. And then, of course, then providing a quality product or service. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with integrity. For me, it's not just about getting a client's money. When they, when they hire me to coach them or mentor them, I want to make sure they get what they need, not what I want them to have. So for me, it's about quality, quality product, quality time, quality service, and integrity. Those two things stand out most for me when it comes to leadership. Okay. Thanks for that. Yes. And I do agree. Integrity as well as producing quality are definitely great codes of leadership. So thank you. Okay. So I believe all leaders experience failure. I myself, I don't like to consider them failures. I like to consider them lessons, take more of an optimistic view. But Valerie, can you share your view on failure and what it means to you? Absolutely. As I have consoled myself, as well as my clients, I believe that you can learn as much as failure as you can from success. 
I think oftentimes we get so stuck on success and what success looks like that we don't realize that the attempts, the setbacks, the mistakes are actually minor steps or little steps to that level of success. So absolutely, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to do things wrong because in doing things wrong and in making mistakes, at least you're putting forth the effort. And like the African proverb says, a wise man learns from his own mistakes and even wiser man learns from the mistakes of others. So it's okay to make mistakes. So as I'm guiding my clients or serving people in whatever their need may be, I am very transparent on the mistakes I made. My first book, even though it was an international bestseller, I still made mistakes with that book. There were things that I didn't do that I've changed and done better for the next book. I think if we look at failures as an opportunity to improve, then they're not really, like you said, they're not really failures. They're just minute steps to get you towards in the right direction. The problem with some people is they don't use that failure as a teaching tool. They don't use it as a way to recalculate root and readdress and revamp, plan, do, check, reevaluate, and then redo. And I think for some people, they get stuck in the failure. You know, I made a mistake. I can't believe I did this. How did I do this? How did I? And I've been in that space before as well. But then when I finally got to the mindset of, okay, this was another opportunity for me to learn. What did I learn out of this situation? What was the lesson I was supposed to gain? Because oftentimes what people don't realize is God positions us to do certain things. And if we don't learn the lesson in whatever the experience is, we will relive it again over and over and over again until we get it. It's like Groundhog Day. Until I figure this thing out, I'm going to keep doing it over and over, right? Like the children of Israel. 40 years in the wilderness, murmuring and complaining because they didn't get it. They didn't realize it was their murmuring and complaining that kept them in the wilderness. So when we look at the quote-unquote failures, and dissect them and analyze them and process through them and figure out what did I learn in this situation. I even use that model in relationships. When I was, you know, before I was married, I would use that, okay, well, this joker, he wasn't any good, but at least I learned how to defrost my car windows faster. Or this one, he didn't want to work, but girl, let me tell you, I got to figure this thing out. This one, he didn't want to work, but he sure showed me how to lay those chicken wings out so the flappers stay flat and cook evenly. Wow. You got to pull out you got to pull out the good and everything like they say there's a, what every cloud has a silver lining there's always something good in it there's always a lesson to learn God doesn't put us through these things without some method to his madness so to speak so we have to get out of the mess and the oh what was me part of it separate the emotional part from it from the logical part okay you feel how you feel I'm not saying don't experience whatever feelings emotions you need to feel but in the midst of that process through the why why did this happen what was the purpose? What did I learn? How can I use this moving forward? How will this benefit me in subsequent opportunities, relationships, business dealing, et cetera? So a failure is only a failure if that's how you perceive it. Yes. Yes. Thank you for that. I love that. I definitely <laughs> agree. Process through the why, because there's always a why in every situation. And regardless of if the circumstances would consider to be favorable or non-favorable, we can learn something from everything that we experience. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Okay. So Valerie, can you share one time you failed as a leader and what you learned from that experience that helped you to become a better leader? Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, girl. Okay. <laughs> I would say... One of the things that has been most prevalent with me, and I didn't really 
realize it until recently. And so I will say, Nicole, to your listeners that it's okay to get third-party help from a professional, whether that's a therapist or a counselor. In our community, for whatever reason, we think that it's not right. Something's wrong with you if you go get help from somebody who isn't the pastor or your girlfriend or your mom. Something's wrong with you. You should, you're not praying hard enough. You're not fasting long enough. You need to get your life together. Um, you know what I mean? So, yes. and so it, for me, yeah. So for me, it wasn't until I sat down and talked to my, she's not a therapist, but she's therapeutic for me. She does what's called muscle memory technique. Chanel Wilson, the emotional polarity technique, because the body holds on the secrets and the body won't lie. So even though we convince ourselves that these things aren't what they are, our body knows otherwise. And when we have these traumas, these situations, they affect us on a cellular level. They shift our DNA. That's why stress can cause heart attacks. And stress can cause you know, high blood pressure and all these other things because these things have shifted our insides, literally. So for me, I think one of the things that I had failed at as a leader initially was wanting to lead people who didn't want to be led. Mm. And I partnered with people and I collaborated with people whom I saw had a need I could feel that need and I wanted to serve them. And in so being so committed and passionate about serving them to be better, they took advantage. And whether that advantage was taking the information, the resources, the skills, the connections, whatever it was I provided to help them, they took that and then manipulated it opportunistic wise. They took advantage, you know, however you want to position it. And I didn't realize that there was a pattern there with me. So I was looking from the outside, looking at why did he do this and why did she do that and why did they treat me like this? And I was only trying to help it. Why, why, why? But when I sat down with my, again, I'm gonna call, she's not a therapist. We're going to say therapist for a lack of better term. With my therapist, I realized that it was me. It wasn't them. It was me trying to help people who didn't want to be helped or didn't value the help that I was offering. Mm. And so I was putting myself into these positions with people who were bastardizing my gifts. And then I would feel some kind of way about it. But now I realize and understand that it wasn't them, although they were doing what they probably just do as opportunistic type people. It was more me positioning myself to be taken advantage of. And now that I understand that, I, as a leader, again, I'm always in a state of learning my craft and myself and about my clients. As a leader, then I had to redirect. So now whenever I deal with people, when it comes to collaborations, we're going to have something in writing. We are going to be very clear on the start and stop date. We're going to be very clear on what you can expect from me and what I expect from you. You know, because I was leading with my heart. I wanted to help. I was leading with my heart and people were taking advantage of that. So I would say, and again, it's not so much a failure as it is a learning lesson for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. Yes. And I do totally agree that, uh, you know, sometimes we do get, just want to help the world and heal the world, but people don't want that and people do take advantage. So like you said, it wasn't necessarily a failure because you did what God put you here to do, but it wasn't mm-hmm. the way, you know, that you should be doing it. So a lesson learned. Thanks for sharing. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So Valerie, do you feel it's easier, harder, or requires the same effort to be a female leader in the entrepreneur ecosystem and why? Well, Let me say, I can only speak from the female perspective. So, and what I found, it's, I don't know that gender plays as much different as entrepreneurism as personal commitment and dedication and fortitude. So what what I believe for 
any person, male or female, if you are going to label yourself and be an entrepreneur, you need to understand what that means. That means putting yourself in a position to be vulnerable. That means putting yourself in a position to be told no. That means putting yourself in a position to have to do the work and do extra work over and above if you were working for somebody else, because now when you don't work, you don't eat. Mm. And I think that that transcends gender, that transcends race, that transcends age. You know, entrepreneurism is a commitment to integrity, leadership, fortitude, quality, learning, growth and development, all of that. And for me, when it came to my business, because I've been serving authors now since officially since 2007, unofficially about 10, 12 years prior to that, helping authors just kind of help them before I put the business entity in place. And it wasn't until three years ago, two or three years ago, I think it was, I can't remember exactly when, when I hired a business coach because I was like, there's a disconnect here. I understand the business. I've published over 30 books. I have a great following. I know what I'm doing, but the bank account was not reflective of the effort that I was putting in. So I'm like, okay, I'm doing something wrong. And since I can't figure it out, I'm going to hire somebody who knows what they're doing. So I hired a business coach and she showed me systems and she showed me principles and she showed me practices and she explained and guided and led me to understand some of the things that I was doing very well as an entrepreneur. And then some of the things that I was doing very wrong as an entrepreneur. And when I was teachable to take Insight that she shared, implemented into my business, and now my business is flourishing. It's really growing. I'm I'm doing more financially, more customer wise, and more work than I ever had before because I implemented some basic strategies. And I think it's important to hire somebody who's done what you've already done. So that's what I do with my clients. I coach them on how to write, publish, and market books. And I've already done that. I've already been an Amazon bestseller multiple times. I've already been on multiple bestsellers. I've already made tens of thousands of dollars selling books and, and speaking engagements. And, and so because I've already done it, I can serve people to do that too. My coach is a self-made millionaire. I'm working to be a self-made millionaire. So if I want to do that and avoid the hurdles and the pitfalls and the perils that will come, I need to hire someone who has already done what I'm going to do so she can help me navigate the obstacles so that I can make quantum leap towards success. And because of her help, my clients are getting better insight because now I know more through her. And she's female. I went with her because I'm female. She's female. She loves the Lord. I love the Lord. We're both African-American, you know, so we had a lot of similarities. But the main thing was she's done what I hope to do. And I think, again, I don't know for men whether there's any difference. I think it's more of a personal thing when it comes to the effort of being an entrepreneur, whether you're male or female. I think it's more at that your, your personal commitment and drive is what's going to make the difference. Because, you know, you can, I know female millionaires who are self-made millionaires. A couple of them are personal friends of mine who had the aptitude to do it. And I know some men who are on their way there. They haven't quite gotten there yet, but they're on their way. So I think it's more about, you know, your commitment to the cause and your purpose for being in business. Okay. Thanks for that. Yes. And I like that perspective. So we're not going to go on whether it's gender or not. We're going to say that your personal commitment, your dedication and your fortitude is what takes you the long run. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So productivity is a hot topic right now, as it should be. Many people want to know how to do more with less and be efficient. As a successful leader, this is a must. 
Valerie, do you have any productivity tips to share with our listeners? Well, I do. And one of the things that I do to help me be more productive is I do a weekly schedule. So I have a, let's say it's a calendar. It's not a calendar, but it's a weekly schedule. It has Sunday through Saturday on there. And then I have the hours from like 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. Because really, sometimes I have activities for the business after 8 p.m., but most of the time that's not going to happen. So what I do is at the start of the week, I go through and I fill in this calendar with all the things that I want to achieve through the week by day and by hour. So it helps me to coordinate my work schedule because I teach at a community, uh, at a couple colleges. I teach at colleges, adjunct math professor. So I put my work schedule in for teaching. I put my business schedule in. Here's when I meet a client. Here's when I have a business meeting. I put my church requirements in there. And then other miscellaneous things that I want to do, like, like I have a speaking engagement this evening for a writer's conference, a retreat in Yellow Springs. So I have that listed in my calendar. And then that way, what it does is help me to stay on track and on focus as to what needs to be done. You know, it's a, it's a visual aid because I have all the information in my phone, but it's a visual aid that I can look at on occasion and say, oh, okay, yeah, it's time for my massage. Yep, yeah, it's time for me to go put in a grade for school. Yes, I need to send an ad to so-and-so. So it's a good way to keep me on track with productivity. I will say another way to stay productive for me is to have accountability partners. I have two or three fellow entrepreneurs who check on me. One of my friends, Dr. Townsend, checks on me almost daily. I have another friend, uh, Lasha Wanda Moore out of Delaware. We talk uh, once a week. You know, what's your plan for the week? What are you going to do? And then I have a couple other friends. We hold each other accountable. And about three weeks ago, when I was talking to Lashawanda, she said, uh, you've got this calendar, but you really don't have complete integrity in your calendar. Now, I said earlier that integrity is important to me. And I said, uh, excuse me? <laughs> because she was saying, well, you know, you say you're going to do such and such. You write it in your calendar, but then you don't do it and you keep pushing it back week after week. There's no integrity in that. I said, okay, you're absolutely right. So let me, you know, I'm thinking it's just a calendar. It's not that big a deal. But if I say I'm going to do something, I put it on my calendar. If I'm going to operate in integrity, I have to be first integral to myself. I have to commit to those things that I say I'm going to do because I show up for my clients. I show up for client meetings. I show up for speaking engagements. I show up for my students, but I don't always show up for myself. And I'm learning that I have to be more consistent with honoring what I say I'm going to do for me. So accountability, partner, and a weekly calendar that I review are great productivity tools that I use. And then there are several software tools that I use now to manage my customer base, to manage my projects, to manage my virtual scheduling. I use a lot of that to keep me on track as well. And if your clients or your listeners are interested in that, they can email me at info at pen of the writer and as an ink pen, pen of the writer.com. And I will send them information on the virtual scheduler that I use and the productivity tool that I use to manage my client projects and information. Those are two great tools that I use. Okay. Yes. I'll be emailing you on that as well. Okay. 
Just to step back, no, I think those are great productivity tips as far as having an accountability partner and a weekly schedule. And I do like the idea of a visual aid, but I love what you said as far as, you know, it's easy to show up for other people, but we have to make sure that we are also showing up for ourselves because I'm guilty of that as well. I'll make Mm -hmm. sure I'm there doing whatever I'm supposed to do for everyone else. But then the the items on my to-do list or my calendar that are specifically for me do sometimes to get pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. So I do like the mm-hmm. integrity part. Are we being having integrity with ourselves? So thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. Okay. So Valerie, can you share an experience that blessed your leadership and tell us about the outcome or the takeaway that you learned? Oh my gosh. You and these questions, girl. <laughs> Bless my leadership. I just came back from a retreat in Myrtle Beach. And it was a Christian book lovers retreat. So I spoke there on my novel, The Forbidden Secrets of the Goodie Box. And the workshop was from Mess to Magnet, Five Secrets to Attract and Keep Lasting Love. So the other part of what I do is serve women who struggle to experience fulfilling relationships by revealing the forbidden secrets of the goodie box. And that's information that men share with me about why they do the things they do when it comes to dating and relationships. So I, I went to this Christian book lovers retreat two things that kind of happened that really blessed my leadership. One was several women who had been there last year returned and uh, one lady, her aunt was there last year. So her aunt bought the booty box book for her and brought her back this year. And that young lady sat in my session and she told me afterwards that Ms. Val, your book changed my life. My aunt bought bought this book for me last year. It changed my life. And I had to come and see you in person this year. It blessed my leadership. It blessed me, maybe more so than my leadership, to know that my, like the Clark sister says, my labor is not in vain. Mm -hmm. The work that I'm doing, sometimes the sleepless nights and the tireless days are beneficial to others because I'm here to serve and to know that the work that I have put in is being a blessing to others to the point where she said it changed her life. I mean, what greater testimony can you give than somebody to say that you changed your life for the better? So we, sometimes we change people's lives and we jack them up. I'm not talking about that, right? We change people's lives for the better. That was powerful for me. And then another instance, also at this same retreat, was the fact that part of this retreat, there was something called a prayer journey. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but you go into these different rooms and you, it's basically about a process of learning to forgive yourself because we cause hurt to others. We cause hurt to ourselves, but people hurt us too. And when we hold on to that unforgiveness, it's, you know, it's a root. It's like a canker sore that never heals. And it's a weed that we cut off, maybe cut off at the tip, but we don't cut it off at the root and it keeps coming back. And so what I found was in doing that, I was asked at the last minute, could I help with that? Because someone who wasn't available backed out. Sure, I can help. I wasn't familiar with what to do because I had never done this before, but I participated. And what ended up happening was my role was to escort people from the meeting room, you know, maybe a block away to the beach so that they can release a rock, which is symbolic of the things that they had not let go before this, this day to release the rock. And there was one lady there who, you know, didn't step out into the beach because we were on a dock. So she didn't want to step out onto the sand. She stayed on the dock with me. And I said, Oh, you don't want to get out there in the sand? She said, no, I, I, I'm okay. I said, well, you don't have to go to the water. You can drop your rock right here in the sand. There's plenty of sand all around. You don't have to, you know, go to the water. It's symbolic. She said, no, I'm not really ready to let this go. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I went into ministry mode, if you will. The things that I had just learned from my business coach, from my therapist, 
and from another health practitioner, I was able to pour that into her and help her to understand that this unforgiveness that you're holding on to is only hurting you. And if you consider clenching your fist, you clench your fist so tightly that you cause indentions in the palm of your hands. I told her, I said, when you hold on to that unforgiveness, it's like clenching your fist so tight. Yeah, nothing's going to get out, but nothing can get in. Mm. You can't be blessed. You can't receive the love. You can't be fulfilled. You can't be healed because you're holding on so tightly to that hurt. Let it go. You know, and so I was able to talk to her and share with her. And so for me, even though, again, that was more not so much a leadership thing, but because as a leader, I'm always looking at getting me better. As I get better, then the people around me benefit. Just like with Queen Esther. Queen Esther spent a year preparing to go spend a night with a man who was already her husband. She was getting the gold. I'm going to say gold. I'm thinking Jesus. The frankincense and myrrh, and they were bathing her in all these special oils and ointments. And, and so even though she was getting ready, she had a, a goal in mind. The whole year of her getting prepared, everybody around her reaped the benefit. She smelled better. She looked better. And I believe in my heart that she felt better. How could you not feel better when people are catering to you and pouring into you and making you better inside and outside? And so what they were doing for her outwardly manifested inwardly. And then everyone around her reaped the benefits of that. And I think as a leader, for me, that's probably the most blessed thing in my leadership is to know that people can be blessed, changed, moved, redirected, healed, helped through the things that I do in my business as a leader. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing. You touched on so many points. I don't even think it's any need for me to kind (laughs) of piggyback, but I just can say, I love that. Oh, I will say that. Yes. Sometimes when we go out to help others, we don't realize how much it also helps us just to number one, make a difference, but even to something a person may do or say that turns around and blesses us with like starting this podcast. I thought I was Mm -hmm. helping other people learn about leadership and understand leadership, but yet every single time something said that touches my core where I realize this is just as much as for me as it is for everyone else. So I know exactly what you mean and I thank you for sharing that. Okay. So Valerie, can you offer our listeners the best advice you have as a leader or have ever received from a leader and tell us how you've implemented it into your life? I think the best advice that I can advise anyone in any type of leadership role, whatever it is you're looking to lead, whether it's yourself, your family, your business, on the job, an organization, is to connect with a mentor or someone who has already done what you're trying to do and learn from them. Because connecting with someone who has already done what you're trying to do will help you make leaps and bounds towards your success. You don't have to make the same mistakes that everyone else makes. You don't have to, you know, stay behind the eight ball for so long. Again, with my business, I've been officially in business since 2006, but it's taken me 12 years to get to the point where my business is serving me as well as my clients. And a lot of that was because I was trying to figure it out on my own and we don't know what we don't know. So when you get connected to someone who is skilled at what they do and can help you to get there, I think that's a a great thing for a leader. I think the other part of some advice as a leader is just to research the industry. You know, whatever it is, if we're talking about from the business perspective is do some research. Oftentimes people want to jump into something because somebody else made it look easy. So I do citywide events. I do a 
event here in Dayton that brings in people from literally across the U.S., the Dayton Book Expo, and people want to then go back and mimic that event and or even my conferences for writing and publishing. But what they don't see is all the work that goes on behind the scenes to make it look flawless in front. And I think what's important for people to understand is research. Know what it's going to take to do what it is you're trying to do. If you're looking to launch a business, understand the laws in your state that govern businesses. You know, make sure you understand how to establish a company and what are the tax laws regarding your company? What are the legal documents that you need to file? And what are you going to do when it comes to, and how is this going to affect your income taxes? How are you going to, who are you going to serve and how are you going to serve them? What is their need? You know, lots of times we just jump out. I think, you know, I'm good at such and such. Just because you're good at something doesn't mean you should start a business at it. <laughs> but I'm good at such and such. And I'm, I think I'm going to start whatever, whatever the case may be. And they don't do the research. Like you with your podcast. I'm sure you did some research on what is the best platform for you to record. How do I even find guests? show guests and what type of topics do I want to have? So you had a plan in place when you did your first podcast as to what your message was, who you wanted to serve and how you wanted to get the message to them. You know, and I think what happens with a lot of people, again, is we are told, you, you know, you are good at such and such. You should do such and such. And after you hear something enough times, you want to act on it. And not to say that it's not what you should be doing, but just make sure you understand more of the detail behind it. We jump into stuff and haven't counted up the cost. We don't know financially what the cost is going to be, time-wise what the cost is going to be, you know, and so make sure you put in the work to know what it is as your leadership role pertains to what it is that's going to be required of you. Okay, I like that. Yes, put in the work just to make sure that, number one, not even if you can do what's needed, but that if you actually want to do it, right, before you just put yourself out there. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so you made it to the finish line. How do you feel? (laughs) I feel wonderful. You know, this is a wonderful interview and it went by so quickly. I can't believe it's been a half an hour, but. Yes. Okay. All right. So I want to thank you again for being our guest on She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. But before we part, do you want to give our listeners your contact information or mention any events, products, services, and or ventures that they would benefit from knowing about? Absolutely. They can reach me on my website, penoftherighter.com. And that's P-E-N as an ink pen, penoftherighter.com. I have several live events coming up. The next one is a publishing conference in Dayton, Ohio. Next year, November 2019, I am hosting a my first ever writer's retreat. I have reserved a lodge in the mountains of Kentucky. So I'm only, and we're going to be the only ones in the lodge. It's a private lodge. And I'm going to serve those people who really are serious about writing, publishing, and marketing a book for three days. And I'm feeding you, going to have a massage guy there, just going to, the whole gamut of what it takes to really be comfortable, relaxed, rejuvenated, and refreshed to be able to write your book. That's year, next year in November. So if they visit my website, penofthewriter.com, they'll find all kind of information about my upcoming events and speaking engagements. My social media, pretty much everything is Pen of the Writer, Facebook.com, Pen of the Writer, Twitter, Pen of the Writer, all one word, no spaces. LinkedIn, Pen of the Writer, YouTube, Pen of the Writer. I used to have a blog talk show, Pen of the Writer. Instagram, Pen of the Writer. Yeah. So everything is Pen of the Writer. If they just put that in there, they'll find me. 
Okay. Well, that is awesome. All right, Valerie. So I want to thank you again. We appreciate your insight today. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. I really enjoyed this interview with Valerie, and I hope you did as well. I agree with Valerie's notion of integrity being important to be a successful leader. Having integrity means you are truthful and honest, which may seem simple, but at times it is not. When the truth is not pretty, it can be hard to lead with integrity, yet it is crucial to build trust and long-lasting relationships. Demonstrating integrity in your leadership shows others the importance of integrity and provides for a great example to follow. A quote by C.S. Lewis reads, integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is watching. I admire Valerie's decision to look for the silver lining in every experience. As Valerie stated, we can learn something from everything we go through if we are willing to take the effort to analyze the occurrences. This process isn't always pretty because we have to look at ourselves and accept our role and take responsibility for our actions. It is easy to blame others, but blaming others does not get us where we need to be. Taking the time to think about and ask ourselves, why did this happen and what could I have done differently is a great place to start in discovering our lessons learned. I can relate to Valerie's realization that it is okay to seek help from a therapist or counselor as I recently came to this realization. As Valerie stated, it can be hard to do this because we think something is wrong with us if we need this type of help. That was me for sure. Accepting that I needed help with my emotions took years for me to do, yet it has been one of the best decisions I ever made. As Valerie stated, the undealt with traumas we experience can show up in our lives in various ways, and we may not make the connection. I now believe therapy is life and encourage most people to try it out. As people of color, we carry baggage from our ancestors that has been passed down from generation to generation due to life experiences. It's time to break these chains by getting the help needed to be whole. Nicole Walker's takeaway for this week. Valerie mentioned how her business skyrocketed when she implemented the systems, principles, and practices she learned from hiring a business coach. Getting insight from someone who has done what you are seeking to do helps you reach your goal much faster than trying to figure it out on your own and gives you insight needed to avoid some of the pitfalls along the journey. My takeaway for this week is to continue to work with my business coaches and implement the proven strategies given for my success. Making plans are great and necessary to start the race, but without implementation, you cannot get to the goal. I will make it my business to be more intentional about strategically implementing the strategies I have been given to get to the goals I have set. And now we have Nicole Walker's Leadership Challenge of the Week. Are you struggling with your leadership effectiveness personally or professionally? Can you use some help in attaining the goals you have set for yourself, your team, or your company? 
Do you know what it takes to hit the mark, but need some accountability to get there? My leadership challenge for you is to get out of your own way and reach out to Nicole Walker Network today. Nicole Walker Network is here to help you be the successful person you know you are. Email Nicole Walker Network at info at NicoleWalker.net to set up your personal consultation and continue on your path to greatness. You are already a great person. With Nicole Walker Network, you can become even better. Follow us on Facebook at She Leads Podcast and Nicole Walker Network. You can also follow us on Instagram at Nicole underscore Walker underscore Network. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this episode of She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment with Valerie J. Lewis Coleman. And check out the She Leads Podcast discussion group on Facebook to see what the hot topics are for this week and let us know your views. Thanks, and until next time, be empowered and empower on.